Welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. This program will provide the groundwork you need to advance your awareness and be involved in the approaching transformation in consciousness. Now, your host, Peter Tong. Hello and welcome to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation and I'm your host, Peter Tong. Thank you for joining me today. The intention in these episodes is to give you insights into how the planet is shifting in frequency and vibration to a new level of awareness and how you can be part of this grand awakening. And I'm doing the show on my own today. We've had a, a really interesting uh, last month and I decided that it would be important for me to pass on the information that has become clear uh, uh, over this last month. And on February the 22nd, my guest uh, didn't show that day, Christine Day, and so I had the opportunity to set up uh, this uh, interview or this story today uh, on that date, and if you haven't had the chance to listen to that uh, show that I did uh, off the cuff then, then uh, I suggest that you do tune into that at some time soon so you can get a little bit of background because I'm not going to uh, go over all of the same background that I did on that day. Uh, I will certainly give a little bit of um, an overview at the beginning of this show for those listeners who were not able uh, to listen to that show. And what this is, is a culmination of the year's work with our landscape zodiac. And what I'll just uh, do is do a very quick recap of exactly what that is. The landscape zodiac, sometimes called the temple of the stars, is a set of features in the actual physical landscape reflecting the 12 star constellations of the 12 signs of the zodiac. It is essentially a zodiac wheel that is imprinted, embedded in the landscape through hills and valleys and troughs and streams and ancient tracks that define the shape of 12 different effigies that represent the 12 sun signs in the zodiac. And not only is this uh, a structure that exists on the surface of the planet, but it is actually an opportunity for us to do our inner alchemical journey of transformation by working with the landscape as well as with the star systems. In many, many belief traditions, uh, the human being is seen to be the bridge between the heaven worlds and planet Earth. And this system or this process of walking the alchemical journey through the landscape uh, provides us with a very straightforward and yet complex uh, a way, ability to connect to the star systems, to the planets and to Mother Earth herself uh, as we walk the Earth. And whether you're walking a landscape zodiac or just simply walking the Earth, uh, there is a really important element to this uh, which most people would call pilgrimage. And pilgrimage requires us to go on a sacred journey across the landscape. Most of you would be familiar, for example, with the El Camino Trail, which is a long, long walk uh, across the uh, surface of the land in uh, France and Spain. And the El Camino the trail on the land is a reflection of the Milky Way in the sky. And so when you are walking the El Camino, you are also walking the Milky Way galaxy. So if you can imagine 
you the person walking along the surface of the earth you are connecting the as above so below through your own physical body you are the rainbow bridge between the two there are many different ways of walking the landscape doing this pilgrimage the key thing to understand though is that it is an inner and an outer journey so as we walk the surface of the earth we are doing our own inner work as well as experiencing our outer world whenever you go on a pilgrimage you always are going to encounter challenges hardships physical challenges adventures uh, meeting people and forming new relationships and having wonderful relationships and having some challenges with different people so it is a journey within itself but in our particular set of circumstances what we are doing is deliberately working with the 12 sets of archetypes that we need to understand transform and transmute the energies of the shadow side of each of those 12 archetypes so that we can be set free on our journey uh, into enlightenment, into freedom within and without. And so this landscape zodiac provides a beautiful tool for us to work with. It creates a system or a process which is extremely safe and anchoring uh, for us to go on this journey. One of the most important things for us to realize and understand as we move towards enlightenment is that our role is not to leave the planet and go and live in some surreal blissful state in some other dimension in some other part of the universe that isn't why we came here to be human beings we came here to transform and transmute what is taking place on the planet on the surface of the planet and inside the planet so that we could bring heaven back to earth and as we're going around this 26,000 year cycle we are now in a reawakening phase having forgotten who we are and why we're here we're just beginning to wake up and many of you are aware of the the date December 21st 2012 as being a significant date as the alignment with the galactic center and the alignment with the ecliptic of the sun line themselves up to form what is called the sacred tree and this is an impulse of awakening and one of the things that I've come to realize is that there is no point waiting for that date to see what is going to take place the whole point of that date is that we prepare ourselves now for what is to take place on that date and beyond whatever that is and I do not know what is going to take place on that particular date what I do know is I'm going to prepare myself in the best way possible so that I will be able to deal with, manage whatever comes up between now and then and afterwards. And there are some quite uh, able spiritual experts who believe that the actual planetary transformation will take place not on December 21st, 2012, but on the first equinox after December 21st, 2012, which would actually be exactly one year from now. And I think it's significant that we're having this discussion on this program today exactly one year before the potential for Mother Earth to make her transition, her ascension takes place. So I believe we have one more round of the Zodiac to go through before we reach that date of uh, the equinox 
2013. And we've just completed our first complete year without Zodiac Journey. And so I think we have had a sort of pre-preparation uh, for the main preparation that is going to take place over the course of this year. And we have had a remarkable journey uh, in this year, starting off uh, last uh, April the 17th uh, in Aries, which is the first astrological sign, not knowing what we were doing, really, setting the first impulse, the first energy, the fire energy of Aries with great enthusiasm and gusto and excitement, and not knowing where we were going and how it was going to work. And now we arrive full circle, literally, uh, at the end of Pisces, and our journey to the hub of the Zodiac, which took place just last Sunday, to bring this year to completion. And how I envisioned this is that this one year of completion brings us to a new level of incarnation for the next round. So we take all the information, all the insights, all the internal work that we have done over the course of this year, and we bring that to completion at the end of Pisces, and we discard, we let go of all the challenges, the uh, pain, the suffering that's taken place over the course of this year. We retain the experience and the wisdom and the energetic vibrations that we have um, manifested, that we have embodied in this journey, and then we take them with us into this new year. So if you can just imagine the equinox time this week was on Monday evening at 10.14 Pacific time. And the new moon in Aries takes place this Thursday. And so we have a sort of a three-day void space from the end of Pisces and the first impulse of the intention in Aries beginning on Thursday. It's rather like... Uh, Christ in the cave after the crucifixion, before the resurrection. It's going into the still point, going into the silence, to reflect upon what has happened up till this point, and then to set the intentions for what is to come in the year to come. So after you've heard this, uh, this broadcast today, I suggest that you find some time between now and Thursday to do some quiet inner reflection about this journey and what it means. Whether you've been on it or not, as a listener to this show, you have, you're energetically connected in to the work that's been done. And uh, I, I hoped right from the outset of this, this journey, this year, that there would be enough people that attended regular workshops with us to, to imprint a critical mass of energy such that this energy and information and vibrational frequency became available to everyone who was connected energetically through the work that we are doing, whether it be through the radio show, whether it be through the Ambassadors of Light program, whether it be through our meditation circles, whether it be through our conscious center community, that anyone connected to those energetic vibrations, and you are because you're listening to this show, would create the opportunity for all of us to go through this process, whether we've actually walked the landscape or not, because there's an energetic vibration, there's a resonance of energy that brings this together. And so if this is, even if this is your first time hearing anything about this journey, it will still make total sense to you to continue on this journey from this place of higher knowing and, and higher consciousness. 
And one of the things we've learned over the course of this year is one of the requirements for us in this um, age of enlightenment, in this age of awakening, is for our conscious mind and our unconscious subconscious to become connected with each other, to build a rapport between the two. So what is deeply buried in the unconscious can be brought to the surface into our consciousness. And when you marry those two together, and your unconscious and your conscious become the same thing, then what happens is all of the energy that you have been wasting, literally holding yourself together, holding together all the stuff, the issues, the unresolved conflicts that you've been holding onto in your unconscious, creating all this energy being wrapped up and used up in this process. Once you get to the point in the landscape process, which is actually in Pisces, when you come to completion, when you can let go of all of that need to control yourself and literally let go to be your true authentic self, to step into your transparent self, then all that energy that you've been using to hold yourself together becomes available to you for you to use for a higher purpose. You become fully energized and you become fully awakened. And then you can step onto this next level of this journey. And the end of Pisces is very much about unity consciousness, universality, that we are all in this together. So if you imagine all the people connected to this radio show, and we're talking here about 200,000 people, uh, typically in, in a month, listening to this show, all those people freeing up all that energy that's locked up inside them to be available now to support the planetary evolution, the energetics of the planet being raised up. Uh, you can see what a difference this can make. And there's been a lot of talk about free energy and how there is enough energy available on the planet for everybody to live a happy and contented life with all the food that's required, all the resources that are re required. So that is this free energy that we're now talking about, that we have locked up in ourselves and is locked up in Mother Earth. And so as we release ourselves from all of the old dross and all of the old uh, remnants of uh, issues and conflicts, as we release all of that energy, we are now free to use it for much, much higher purpose. And so part of this journey around the landscape is to understand all of this process as we walk the landscape, as we walk the earth, as we connect with the mother. We have this beautiful reciprocal arrangement where this energy now can be flooding through us and flooding through her and setting us up for this, uh, this magnificent journey that is to come over this next 12 months. I think it's going to be absolutely phenomenal and I'm really looking forward to stepping into our new world of Aries for me beginning on uh, Thursday of this week, March 22nd, another 11-11 day of activation. So we're coming up to our first break, and we'll take that break, and I'll then tell you a little bit about my journey over to England, to the Glastonbury Zodiac, and what significant uh, events took place there to help us on that sacred journey. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? 
Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Just a reminder to go to my website, petertung.com where you will find actually through all of the newsletters over this last year an article on each of the landscape journeys that we have taken each month uh, through the whole 12 series of uh, Zodiac workshops, uh, as well as uh, articles that I've written each month to keep us up to date with the energies that are, that are taking place and transforming. And also www.myheartcenteredjourney.com for the Ambassadors of Light program and opportunities there to uh, obtain some of my material and information for your benefit. So check out both of those two websites. So I'm doing the show myself today to bring everybody up to date with what has taken place in the world of the Landscape Zodiac over the last uh, month or so. And just to give you a little bit of uh, background as to, as to how this has all taken place, um, the key person that connects all of this together is a woman called Catherine Maltwood. And Catherine Maltwood lived in the at late 1800s, early 1900s, and lived just outside Glastonbury in England, a place called Chilton Priory, and she was a brilliant uh, spiritual woman, very tuned in in the esoteric arts, a very, very gifted sculptress in her own right. And in the 1920s, she discerned that there was in the landscape around Glastonbury Tor in England uh, this landscape zodiac with these 12 effigies beginning with the discovery of Leo the Lion in a place called Somerton, that was then the capital of, of, uh, of uh, Somerset, the county where Glastonbury is in England. And just a year ago, I had the opportunity to go to Glastonbury and meet with the experts working with the Glastonbury Zodiac there. And simultaneous to me being there, Mary Dowds, my colleague here in Victoria, was single-handedly determining the effigies of a landscape zodiac here in our hometown of Victoria. And so began this incredible journey of alchemical transformation through the landscape zodiac here in Victoria, very much connected to the landscape zodiac in Glastonbury. Catherine Maltwood left England in 1938 and moved directly to Victoria. There is no direct evidence that Catherine Mortwood was aware of or, or was involved in discerning or discovering a landscape zodiac here, 
but there were indications in her work that she was looking at landscape features and seeing those features morphing into animals. And so it does seem that there is a connection, although there is no direct evidence that she was aware of a landscape zodiac here. The beautiful thing about Catherine's work was that not only did she discover the structure, the effigies, but she also knew and, and wrote it books about how you worked with these effigies uh, to go on this path of enlightenment that we are now that we are now following. And so, remarkably, I got the opportunity to go back to England just a couple of weeks ago, and I got a very clear message that I was to go to the hub of the Zodiac in Glastonbury to link it in with the hub of the Zodiac here in Victoria. So if you can imagine on this landscape Zodiac disc that the main uh, effigies are focused around the outer edge. They're huge structures, so they reach in towards the middle, but they're basically on the, on the outer edge of the disc, following around in a counterclockwise direction from the first sign Aries and finishing up with Pisces. And so the center, the hub of the whole disc, uh, doesn't really contain an effigy as such. It is created by the other effigies creating that space in the center, the hub of the, of the zodiac. And we were very aware that there was a need for us to go to that hub after we'd been to our final uh, Pisces journey uh, to activate and connect all of this up within our own zodiac, but also connecting to other zodiacs around the world. So when I was presented with the opportunity to go to England and go to Glastonbury, it seemed the most compelling thing to do was to go to uh, the, the hub of the zodiac uh, in Glastonbury. And Anthony Thorley is the landscape zodiac expert in England. He's doing his PhD currently in landscape zodiacs, and so he's the person that understands them extremely well. And I interviewed Anthony, in fact, on March the 7th. We had pre-recorded the show on Monday, March 5th, the day after we had both done our Pisces workshop. And then I traveled on the Tuesday to England, arrived on the Wednesday, and remarkably, while the show was being aired here in North America, Anthony and I were actually together in his home. In, uh, he lives just south of Bath, uh, just north of the, of the Glastonbury Zodiac. And we just had this wonderful, probably four or five hour discussion around all aspects of consciousness, awakening, landscape zodiacs, pilgrimages. It was just a wonderful, wonderful discussion, really tuning in to this show while we were together in, in Glastonbury. And I'll come back to a couple of really important things that he talked about uh, later on in the show, because right now I just want to focus on the energy of the, the hub of the zodiac. So having had this discussion and, and understanding the significance of this hub, this center, the heart of the whole zodiac, Anthony had made plans for uh, us to meet up on the Thursday morning the next day with two other members of the zodiac group who are also experts and brilliant men uh, who are working with the Landscape Zodiac with Anthony in uh, England. And so he had arranged for the four of us to go to the hub in Glastonbury on the Thursday morning, which I was really, really pleased and excited about. Now, when you go on these sacred journeys, you never quite know what is going to happen, and you simply have to open your heart and be a conduit for spirit to work through. And these are subtle energies, and so 
you're never quite sure exactly what's going to happen. So you have to open your heart and just allow things to unfold and and just be consciously aware that that things are happening uh, when you connect beyond the physical realm to the invisible realms, that there there are connections being made, synchronicities are taking place, and energy work is being done. And so we met up and, and... as we made our way to the hub of the wheel in Glastonbury, I'm just in a state of uh, relaxed awareness, just paying attention, being as consciously aware as I, as I can be as I'm with these three wonderful, magnificent men. Um, and we arrive at, uh, at the parking spot just outside the centre of the hub, which is a place called Park Wood, just outside uh, a little village called Butley, just a mile or so outside Glastonbury Town Centre and immediately the three of them realised that something had changed in Park Wood and as we crossed the road and opened a gate that took us uh, into the main area, the enclosure of Park Wood it was clear that there had been some recent uh, activity there and as we walked down this uh, dirt trail we suddenly saw thousands and thousands of solar panels that had very recently been put into the farmers' fields around Parkwood. Now, your first reaction at that moment could be, that's terrible, that's horrible. <laughs> it's, it does, it's not a particularly attractive sight. But Yuri, who's the guy who really is closely connected with uh, Catherine Mortwood and, the, and is writing her biography right now, and is also connected to uh, the ley lines that run through the, uh, the Zodiac, the energy uh, grids, the meridians that run through the, the zodiac within Glastonbury, his first reaction was quite remarkable, which was, wow, they are concentrating the rays of the sun right in the center of our zodiac wheel. And I thought, what an incredible interpretation he's made immediately. If you can imagine the rays of the sun coming into the center of the hub, and now they're being concentrated through these solar panels to be used obviously locally, but also to focus the energy into the hub of the wheel, which will bring another level, another dynamic of energy to, to the area. So it was really, really neat. And Park Wood is essentially a, uh, a rough, um, oh, not a, sort of overgrown to a certain degree, little forest in the woods. Nothing uh, special to, to, to look at. But when you go into... Uh, the forest in Parkwood, uh, I was certainly immediately aware of this powerful energy and vibration. Whenever humanity come together uh, in, with intention with Mother Earth and do sacred ceremony, then a vibration gets set up which stays there permanently, particularly when people keep coming back to do ceremony, which obviously takes place on an annual basis in the Zodiac. So we made our way along a couple of rough trails and eventually arrived at a medicine wheel in the heart of Parkwood. And this was a very simple medicine wheel, um, just with a small circle of stones, with just four bigger stones uh, indicating the four directions, north, south, east, and west. And when we arrived there, nothing was said at all, but spontaneously it seemed that the three local men from Glastonbury just went and walked and casually stood on the big stones, one on each, <clears throat> one on each of the three directions. And I'm, I was just standing watching this take place, and so I thought, well, 
I'd better go and stand in the fourth position. And so when I did, it sort of felt as if some energy locked in in that moment. Uh, and then we stood in these four positions around the medicine wheel for about 45 minutes and just had this wonderful, spontaneous discussion about Catherine Mortwood herself, about who she was and the incredible gifts that she had, about the ley lines that run through the Zodiac, about the astrology. John Wadsworth was the other member of the group I haven't mentioned. He's a wonderfully warm, brilliant man, very heart-centered, and he's the astrological expert in the Glastonbury work. And he was, take, he was chatting about the astrology and the planetary alignments taking place right now and was talking specifically about the significance of the Venus transit coming up in May and June. And Anthony thought himself talking about the landscape zodiac and all, uh, all sorts of different features. And there, there were the four of us standing there in the middle of this wood. Uh, and I was essentially listening to them talk and just feeling like we were anchoring something in to Parkwood. We were doing something with the invisible realms in this relatively casual discussion that was taking place. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful time for me. I'd taken some stones from the Victoria Zodiac to uh, leave inside the Glastonbury Zodiac to anchor the energies from Victoria to Glastonbury and to also bring back some stones from the Glastonbury Zodiac to bring back to our hub here in Victoria. And so it was a, a wonderful, um, simple process, and yet I'm sure some powerful things were taking place as we did this exchange of energy, exchange of information, and exchange of Mother Earth through these stones that we reciprocated uh, on the day. So I will uh, go to our next break, and we'll return in a moment. It's Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tong. I'm just discussing today my recent adventures in going to Europe 
and specifically to the heart of the landscape zodiac in Glastonbury uh, and returning back to Victoria to the hub of our landscape zodiac here uh, and, and informing you of, of the insights and awarenesses that uh, have come about as a result of this sacred journey. One of the most important things uh, in my discovery with the guys in Glastonbury was the incredible similarity in the work that they are doing there and the work that we are doing here. Without any um, formal direct communication, the connections between the actual workshops that we are doing and the experiences that people are having are quite remarkable. And one of the things that drives these experiences are the remarkable synchronicities that take place for people when they're on their sacred journey and things that happen that you couldn't, you couldn't even make up. They're so remarkable in their coincidence, if you want to call it that. Uh, and other features of the work, both in Glastonbury and in Victoria, have been the incredible awakenings that people have had, the communications that people have started having beyond the veil, the incredible creativity that people are discovering in themselves, whether it be through incredible artwork or writing poetry or journaling or downloading information, sculpting. It's, it's just remarkable, but it is happening in, in both places. And some of the really interesting things are that people are doing uh, pieces of work before the actual uh, Zodiac events take place. There is this distortion of time where you actually step out of time and you create something before you even know you're going to be doing something for this process, and then suddenly it's, it's already done. It's there. And so there's this beautiful dance between the landscape with, with time, with people, uh, and, it, and it interconnects everybody across the globe who are involved in this, in this work. And so I came back from, uh, from the Glastonbury uh, hub to uh, be part of our hub work here in Victoria, which was the conclusion of this year. And I'll just talk you through a little bit about uh, the event that took place just this last Sunday, uh, which brought everything to conclusion. And as I said earlier in the show, what's become really evident to me as we've been on this journey is this connection across the veil to the beings of light that exist beyond, whether you talk about the angelic realm, the ascended masters, uh, the um, beings of light from different star systems, whatever it is, uh, that connection is getting closer and closer. I think it is the case that as the beings of light from the other realms and other dimensions see that human beings are serious and committed about bringing peace to earth through these processes, through these transformational energetics, then they get very, very interested in working with us and they step closer and closer and closer. And so we can almost feel we can reach through the veil and touch them and, and connect with them and download information and, and really assist, assist ourselves on this sacred journey. So our hub uh, in the landscape in Victoria, right in the center, is a place that is uh, not well known. It's a place that people very easily uh, drive past without even seeing that it's there. And there's an intersection of five streets very close by, uh, forming a five-pointed star. It's actually three streets, but they obviously two of them go straight through, creating a five-pointed star. And so we started off in that place 
And what that did for us was to remind us that we were walking the temple of the stars on the planet, a five-pointed star representing Venus, the sacred feminine. And the names of those streets also are completely relevant. Crown, remembering that we are untangling the crown of thorns which causes all of the distress of materialism and consumerism and the entanglements that we experience in life. And unraveling that crown of thorns to to create the crown of enlightenment as we move forward on this sacred journey. Camrose, representing the rose, the heart, the rose of Sharon, the heart of the white rose of the center. And cam, if you imagine the camshaft, where you've got this vertical axis connecting Mother Earth through to the galactic center, and this spinning wheel around the shaft, which is the zodiac, and in the heart of the zodiac. And the third street, Salisbury Way, and Salisbury Way shows us the way on our journey because Salisbury is, uh, in England is the point which connects Stonehenge into the Michael Mary line that runs across the country. So Salisbury is the recognition that we are walking the ley lines of the planet when we go on this sacred pilgrimage. So we began our pilgrimage on Salisbury Way. <laughs> And that took us to our first destination, which was Playfair Park, which connects into the fire elements and the fire signs. Playfair Park is a beautiful spot in Victoria, which has this incredible blossom and rhododendron trees and bushes that in May will just be ablaze with these beautiful fire colors of red and pink and orange and gold. And play fair is important because we want to play fair. We want to play this game. We want to have fun. And we want to do so with full integrity. And so we started off in Playfair Park, open sacred space, and connected to the fire energies of the three fire signs, Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. Aries, the first impulse of life on Earth. Leo, the first impulse of the separated human being as an individuated being. And then Sagittarius firing the arrow of intention into the distance beyond the horizon, the fiery arrow of intention for what it is we're producing. And then we moved on from Playfair Park to King's Pond, a beautiful duck pond with thousands of ducks gathered around us as we went to the water element at King's Pond, the three water signs of Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. A beautiful golden crown around the pond as the new growth on top of the trees, the new branches growing shimmering gold in the sunlight with the pond below. And so we peered into the pond, into the reflecting surface of the water to do our inner work to check through the cancer energy, which is the family, belonging to the family, but also not being restricted by the beliefs of the tribe and having the freedom to go outside of the tribe and return back for nurturing and love and connection with our family, but not being restricted by it. Scorpio going into the underworld, going into our shadow side and eking out the deepest shadow energy within us and clearing ourselves of that 
shadow energy. And then Pisces, letting go, letting go to the oneness, to all that is the sea of consciousness. And going into that water element and just letting go completely and setting ourselves free. Free to be who we really are. To reconnect with our authentic selves. To our own transparency. The, sh the dark side, the shadow side of Pisces is when you let go and you completely merge into the oneness that you lose sight of who you are. You lose your own identity and you get lost in the mist and the fog. And so what we need to know is that the zodiac itself is the anchor back to this reality. It is the little tug of the cord that brings us back to be here. Because getting lost into that sea of consciousness is not the goal here. The goal here is to have the experience of the oneness and then bring all of that experience and that bliss and that harmony and that joy and bring it back into our lives uh, living here on the planet to bring those energies, to bring those frequencies back so that we can walk the earth as conscious, awakened human beings and help anchor the energies of Eden back here on planet earth. And so now we've gone into the ashes, we have created the ashes, we have dissolved ourselves away and now we can reconstitute ourselves into our new, improved, aware, awakened self as we now walk from King's Pond in our landscape feature up to the top of Summit Park. So now we go from the water element to the air element, the phoenix rising as we rise to become the eagle in the air element. And now we have to do a little bit of a climb from the pond up to the top of Summit Park. And it's always good to have a little bit of a physical challenge on these journeys so that we can get a little bit uncomfortable and be challenged so that we can feel really fulfilled when we manage this. And some of our, the members of our group have just had incredibly challenging experiences. But in doing so, they've been able to transmute and transcend those energies and become clearer and clearer on their sacred journey. So as we arrive at the top of Summit Park... We're now into the air signs. When we arrive there, nature shifts itself. We've gone from this light drizzling rain in the water element down at King's Pond to now this very clear, fresh air blowing through our nostrils as we climb to the top of Summit Park and have this grand view over the whole of our landscape. And we breathe in this cool, fresh air as we connect to the air signs connecting through Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius. Gemini, the important piece here is now we're now in the mental plane and it's about clearing out, taming the wild horses of the mind. It's getting control over the ego chitter-chatter that fills our mind with distraction and getting through to the real meat of the mental energies that we have and the intellect and the brilliance that we all have within our minds when we can clear the distraction. And then moving into the balance of Libra, the balance of the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine, again on the mental air plane, connecting through the air element with our male and female sides and bringing them into perfect balance and harmony. And finally to Aquarius, 
the air sign which takes us into universality. It takes us into where we are heading with all of our consciousness and collective energies uh, of this now moment as we move into the Aquarius age. And this now is honoring every single person's unique ability that they bring to the table, the unique talents and gifts that we all have. And as we circle up around the round table, we all become interconnected through our individual gifts and talents. And we bring them all to the collective for the benefit of all. So no one person has the lead. No one person controls the situation. Each person brings their piece to the table and we all embrace each other's gifts and talents and create this beautiful Mandela of uniqueness, this, these unique talents raising the consciousness and vibration of all. And that now brings us to our final break and we'll take this break and we'll return and take you uh, back to earth and then to the hub of our wheel. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Do you want to reach your highest potential in your personal and business life? Come and join our heart-centered community with Peter Tung and Sherry Chase. Embrace love, abundance, integrity, and personal empowerment in a safe and sacred space for your awakening. Our intention is to lay the groundwork for you to advance your awareness efficiently, to be fully involved in the conscious co-creation of peace and prosperity on our beautiful planet. Go to MyHeartCenteredJourney.com for more information. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. listening to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with Peter Tong. If you have a question for Peter or comment on this series, please send an email to descendingdove at gmail.com. That's descendingdove at gmail.com. Now back to our program. Welcome back to Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation with your host, Peter Tung. Today I'm taking the opportunity to uh, ex- explain to all of our listeners the incredible chemical journey that we've been on over the last 12 months as we've walked our pilgrimage of the landscape zodiac here in Victoria, connecting into the Glastonbury zodiac in, in England. And just before the break, I'd taken us to the top of Summit Park in the air element. And so now all of the energies we gathered together through the fire energies through the water energies, through the air energies, we now want to ground into the earth, into Mother Earth. So now we go from Summit Park to Peacock Park. And Peacock Park has very jagged uh, rocks protruding out of the ground, very powerful energies, dragon energies in the rock. And so now we go to Peacock Park and we stand on those rocks and we ground that energy that we've gathered on this journey down into Mother Earth through the energies of the earth signs of Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. Taurus being the first 
formation of planet Earth, the original Garden of Eden, Eden, the manifestation of physicality on the planet from the spiritual realms. Taurus is ruled by Venus, and so the Venus energy, the sacred feminine energy, manifesting into physical form. So just, Im just imagining the most beautiful landscapes that you can on planet Earth, that's the energy of Taurus and Venus anchoring those energies in. And then Virgo also is the sacred feminine, and it's taking us to that place of service. So now it's humanity acting in service on behalf of planet Earth and the human family, as well as the planetary kingdoms. And so this Virgo in service is about the abundance of the harvest. It's the wheat chief. It's bringing the harvest of the food through the sacred feminine, or growing all of the food on the planet being harvested in the fall. And then Capricorn, the third Earth sign, it's about building your resources from within. It's about following your material world, the living in the three-dimensional world, and all of the resources and all of the understanding and all of the abilities that you create, you now transfer those resources from building this physical mountain, building this third-dimensional mountain, to your spiritual mountain. And you now apply all of the knowings that you've gathered over the course of your lifetime and lifetimes to build this spiritual mountain. So the two mountains become one as you bring them together. It becomes the unicorn horn, the horn of cornucopia. It's the horn of plenty that you now create that oneness uh, between your, your material world and your spiritual world in preparation for these final steps as we move forward. So now we take all of these energies now grounded in the earth right into the hub of the wheel in Camrose Park. And when our shaman Zia Cole and our, uh, geomantic gifted Mary Dowds first went to visit this place to see if in fact it was the hub of our wheel, uh, they were greeted by a Merlin falcon uh, in this tree on the, on the top of uh, Camrose Park. And it became pretty evident to them very quickly that this was the right spot. And many of you will know the tradition of Merlin and Merlin merging with the tree. Uh, and there is a, a belief that Merlin actually is buried at the heart of the Glastonbury Zodiac in England. So we tie into the Merlin energy into the nature kingdom through the tree and with the human kingdom gathering in this zodiac hub. So we now came together in the hub of our zodiac at this tree where the Merlin falcon resides, which we now call the Merlin tree. Each of our workshops has uh, led us to bury a Lemurian seed crystal in sacred ceremony with our shaman Zia to anchor the energies into the landscape in that particular feature, but also to create the opportunity to connect all of the different effigies, the 12 effigies together. And so now we were at the center of the hub. We were able to do our ceremony with this beautiful, jagged Lemurian seed crystal that as it got buried in the ground in sacred ceremony, so it literally anchored in the energies in the hub, but also connected to the other 12 seed crystals around the 12 effigies. If you can imagine this zinging moment when everything just came together in that sacred moment, and it was a very, very powerful and profound moment. There were 33 of us gathered around this Merlin tree with Zia in the center, and the 32 of us around her at that moment, all linked together through, through our hands and our hearts, 
holding space for that moment as that seed crystal went in the ground and fired up the other 12 and that 13th one. And we're now looking at how this interacts with all of the other landscape zodiacs. And this brings me to a beautiful awareness that we've discovered over the last few weeks. And that is the involvement of the Ophanim angels. And the Ophanim angels are uh, from Ezekiel in the Bible, the wheels within wheels, the fiery chariot. And we now understand that when you talk about the fiery chariot, you're talking about these Ophanim angels. And the angels are themselves the fiery wheels of the chariot. So these wheels within wheels are the fractals, the patterns that are created across the planet. And so if you can imagine this wheel that we have now uh, fully activated and integrated and anchored into the earth is now connecting into all of the other wheels across the planet. So the Glastonbury wheel gets activated with our wheel and other wheels, the Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem, for example. Uh, there are wheels within wheels all over the planet. And so our particular zodiac, uh, although we have a complete zodiac, connects into another zodiac where, where we are one feature of that zodiac. Then that zodiac is one feature of another zodiac and another zodiac. Until you get the galactic zodiac, which includes all the different planets in their zodiacal arrangement. And so when you activate this particular zodiac, you are now activating them all and connecting them all together. And so you go from this local um, landscape zodiac feature to connecting all the global features and connecting all the galactic features. And so suddenly we're, we're connecting in at a very, very profound level. And just on that note, I, I am being given the opportunity once again to travel uh, at the next equinox in the fall uh, to the south of France once again with Finbar Ross and we're going to be going on a beautiful sacred pilgrimage to the sacred feminine um, in the south of France going to all of the main sites of the uh, of the Cathars of Marie Saint-Lemaire of the Black Madonna uh, Saint Baume in Chartres Cathedral and Paris and, and really anchoring in those energies with the sacred feminine and there is a landscape zodiac in Rennes-le-Chateau, which many of you will be aware of through the Da Vinci Code and, and other similar um, stories that are now very abundant about Rennes-le-Chateau and its significance. So we're going to be doing some activation work there, and if any of you are interested in joining us, it's going to be a phenomenal journey. You can just go to www.celticmysticaljourneys.com and look at the uh, South of France journey taking place in uh, September from September the 11th to the 23rd, when I will be going with Fimbar on, on that sacred pilgrimage. And I know it's going to be a really, really significant event. So this work is, is, is creating this opportunity for us to connect in at this very high vibrational frequency. And as we do our inner work and we clear out all of the human stuff that we need to, and as we connect to the upper realms, so we can have this double whammy effect of clearing activating and awakening take place. It's a very, very powerful process that we are involved in. And I hope I've given you a little bit of an insight today in, in seeing how this works, specifically for us in our landscape, but obviously for you too in whatever you are involved in, that you can simulate this activity, you can get involved in it yourself. And uh, feel free to contact me through descendingdove at gmail.com if you're interested in learning more if you want to know more about how you can set up your own 
um, work through your own uh, landscape, I'd be very, very happy to assist in that process. Next week, my guest is Laura Bedford, and she's written a great book called The Mix-Up, and it's about honoring our energetic upsets and seeing through the veiled consciousness that we all are working with, uh, as we've discussed today in the show. And the following week, on April the 4th, I've got a wonderful show lined up with Joe Dispenza, uh, who was in the uh, What the Bleep series of shows, and he's just written another wonderful book called Breaking the Habits of Being Yourself, and very much connected with the work that we're doing through our Zodiac work, but approaching it from a very different perspective, from a much more scientific perspective, nevertheless doing exactly the same type of work that all of us on this awakening conscious path are wanting to do and are required to do. So I hope you've enjoyed today's show, and I hope you can see the incredible benefits uh, for all of us when we go on to this awakening path. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Have a wonderful week. This is Peter Tung for Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation. We hope that you found this week's show to be enlightening and inspiring. Please join host Peter Tung for another edition of Awakening to Conscious Creation next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Noon Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network.